that direction. And for all of us staying in this room, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 this morning. Grab your Bibles and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. It's a blessing to have the Magnus family with us. And so Jacob and Allie are getting married this week. Guys, it is, it is within the week. Like, it's not even single digits. It's like you can almost <laughs> see it coming, all right? So I'm so excited. Uh, Jacob and Allie getting married this week. We've been doing marriage counseling with them. And uh, they just wrapped up this week. And so congratulations to you guys. And uh, they made their trip out here. And so Jacob's got all of his family. I won't make you introduce all of them. But make sure, uh, church, White Hall Baptist Church, make sure you're nice to them, okay? And so uh, after the service, make sure you greet them and say hello. But thank you for, for coming and being a part of our service this morning. And uh, White Hall Baptist Church, I'm thankful that you're here. I know we've got a few families that weren't able to be here this morning, but I'm thankful for the ones that are. We're going to have a great time today after the service. We're going to go over to our place, Tressa Nice House, and uh, we're going to have a barbecue over there, Lord willing, as long as the weather holds out. Who knows what's going to happen, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll have some fun in the rain if it rains. So uh, we're going to come over there. We've got all kinds. Of, we've got over 100 hot dogs and hamburgers, so come hungry, okay? And so we've got lots of food. Uh, we're ready to eat. It's going to be a great time together, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 this morning, looking forward to what God is going to do. Let's, let's look at, read a couple verses here, and then we will pray and ask for the Lord's help. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. The Bible says, For the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether, be, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, having, have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Jump down to verse number 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Let's pray together and ask for the Lord's help. And then we're going to dive into the scriptures this morning. Father, thank you. For the opportunity you give us to be able to meet together. Thank you, God, for the privilege to be able to open the scriptures and to be able to hear your word speak to us. And I pray, God, that's exactly what would happen this morning. I pray that you would challenge us from your word. Lord, I, I look forward to celebrating what you've done over these last 23 years. But, God, as we pause this morning, we ask this question, Lord, what is the church? God, we claim to be it. I pray, God, that we would live up to exactly what the church should be. And Lord, I look forward to learning from your word this morning. I pray now that you would fill me with your spirit. Help me, God, to say what you want me to say. And I pray, God, for each person that's here, God, you'd help to remove some of the things that maybe are going on in our minds, things that maybe we need to do. Help us, God, to be able to focus in for a few moments on your word and for you to be able to speak to us. And God, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and the glory for what you're going to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well. 23 years ago, a young man and a young lady came driving down the Cardwell Pass in to Whitehall. That uh, young man was a man by the name of Tracy Jones and his wife, Martha. Uh, they came, they drove down into the hill into Whitehall, and God impressed upon their, house, upon their hearts that this was where they should start a church. And so 23 years ago, on the first Sunday of June... They started the Whitehall Baptist Church in a small a store, feed store, down the road here on the other end of town. And over the last 23 years, they have, uh, the, the Whitehall Baptist Church from one lo- moved from one location to another location to another location, ultimately to, to where we sit today. Over 23 years, people have come and gone. God has added to the church. We've seen God do great things. 
I'm thankful that three years ago on the first Sunday of June, God opened the door and allowed me to become the pastor of Whitehall Baptist Church. Uh, it's been a blessing. The last three years, we've seen a total turnover of the membership. Uh, in fact, I don't know, there's, I, I, I mean... Very few of you were actually here uh, uh, three, more than three years ago this Sunday, okay? There's only a couple of families that were actually here even prior to that. God has done some awesome things here at Whitehall Baptist Church. We've seen people get saved. Uh, we've seen, even the last few weeks, seen people get baptized. We, we've seen people be added to the church, and we're excited that God is still working. And, and He's not done. He's just getting started what He wants to do here in our little town of Whitehall. And what a blessing it is for us. To be able to say, we are the church. We are the church. I'm thankful for that. We talked last week about, uh, do you love church? And I hope that you do. But what a blessing to be able to say, listen, we are the church. But just because we call ourselves the church, doesn't mean that we always act like one. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, Paul dives into what it means to be a body of believers, to be the church. And, and he gives a familiar example, something that everybody would understand. He gives this, this example, this illustration, this, this, this uh, very topical example for them. He says, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to relate it to a body. A physical body. We, we would all understand that. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He's making something that is so simple that everybody could understand. In verse number 12, we read the Bible says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit... Are we all baptized into one body? Now, it's not talking about a baptism is for whenever you get saved and you get baptized. This is talking about, listen, we're baptized into the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God, when we get saved, that's what it's talking about here. We're, we're, what, what is baptism? Baptism is to be completely immersed. And whenever we get saved, we are completely immersed by the Spirit of God. God comes and He dwells within us. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, dwells within us. Whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made, to, we've all been, all been made to drink into one Spirit. Now listen, when you become a, 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 a Christian, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you become one with Christ and you become a part of the body of Christ. For the body is not one member but many. Now listen, I, I love what this says in verse number 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. Do you understand what the Bible is saying here? It says, listen, if you're a part of a church, if you're a part of the body of Christ, God has set you there for a purpose. God placed you there. You weren't just randomly just kind of thrown out. Okay, God put you there. This morning, whenever I woke up and I walked out, yesterday was, was Jace's birthday. It was his seventh birthday. And, and so we celebrated and things like that. One of the gifts that he got was Legos. Legos. What a wonderful blessing. And so this morning, you know, whenever I walked out there, of course, he had woken up before all the rest of us because he was excited to play with some of his toys. And I walked out there and, of course, scattered across the table were the Legos. All right. I mean, they were just, I mean, it was just scattered. I mean, everywhere. I mean, it was all over the place. Uh, there was no order to them. They weren't set in place. There were some that were set in place, but both of them were just scattered all over the place. Listen, when God put you in the church, when God put you in the body of Christ, he didn't just throw you out there. God set you in the church. He set you in the body of Christ and he's given you a purpose. 
Friend, today as we celebrate the 23 years of our church, I hope that we will be challenged anew to live up to what it means to be the church. That we wouldn't just stand up and say, yes, we are the church, but we would live up anew to what exactly that means to be a body of believers, the body of Christ. And so as we can stand up today at the end of the service, my prayer is that we'll be able to stand up and say with a clean heart and with a pure heart before God to be able to say, yes, we are the church and we are fulfilling that duty that God has placed upon our lives. So Paul begins, he he begins to dive into what exactly the church is and what it is not. And he begins, first of all, by pointing to the disconnected members. Look at verse number 15. It says this, If the foot shall say... Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. It is, there, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Uh, our church is, is familiar because I share the story often of, of whenever I fell off the roof of our house and uh, dislocated my elbow. And, uh, you know, it was, it was quite the experience, you know, in that moment. I was thinking about it just, uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, and, and whenever I fell off the roof, I remember falling to the ground and putting my hand out. And my, my, my life didn't flash before my eyes. Instead, there was a little voice in the back of my head that said, you big dummy. Like, what, you know, what did you do? You stepped in the wrong place. And, and whenever I caught myself and rolled over and, and I'm laying there on the ground. And, and of course, and I've shared before, but the pastor uh, from, from Butte was, was over and he was helping me with it. He was up on the roof and he saw me go over the edge and he climbs down real quick and runs over to me. And I said, oh, my elbow, my elbow, my elbow. He said, yeah, it's broken. And uh, he, he walked around me, walked inside the house and Tressa was in there doing some things with the kids. And he walked in and said, Tressa, he's a pastor, right? Okay, pastors are calm, they're collected, you know, and, and so he walks into the house and he said, Tressa, you need to come outside, um, Kyle fell off the roof, and Tressa laughed, because that's what, that's what you do, right, whenever that happens, and, uh, and so, you know, she, she laughed, and, and he said, no, no, you, you need to come outside, and of course she came out, and, and finally, and I'll never forget it, I will hold it against her to the day that I die, I remember her walking over, standing over the top of me, the first thing that she did was laugh, okay, she, <laughs> are you okay, and I'm going, no, I'm not okay, you know, I, I, I think I'm dying here, all right, and so, uh, and, and uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable experience, they got me to the hospital there, and, and while I'm laying there on the bed, you know, they couldn't give me any pain medicine because they thought maybe I had internal injuries. And, and so I'm laying there on the bed and they said, all right, we're going to have to pull this thing back into place. You know, I mean, this part of the elbows past this part, you know, and uh, we're going to have to pull this thing back into place. And so two ladies jumped on behind me and the guy jumps on there. And he, they, he said, listen, he, he told Tress, he said, you should go out of the room. He said, you don't need to see this. And he said, don't worry, he won't remember any of this. I remember every second of it. I just want you to know. And, uh, you know, I pass out for everything. I mean, like, I just do. I pass out forever. I mean, I hit my funny bone one time and passed out. It's just unbelievable, okay? I'm laying there on the bed saying, God, show your mercy upon me and let me pass out, okay? I told the doctor, I was like, when I pass out, just get it done. I, the Lord kept me awake for the whole time, all right? And so this guy's on top of me. He's pulling on my arm, trying to get it to pop back. They're holding me down, all this stuff. And I mean, it's, it's excruciating. He couldn't get it. So he had to go out. He tresses literally out there. He walks out. And he says, I need a strong man to come in here. And they found some guy who comes in. I remember him climbing up on the bed above me. I'm just laying there like, Lord, just put a bullet in me. I mean, I'm, I'm just done with this, all right? And so she, he grabs my arm. And, he's, and finally, they yanked it about three times, finally popped back into place. You know what I learned during that situation? I learned that when something is dislocated, 
it affects the rest of the body, okay? I mean, the rest of my body was hurting. The rest of my body, I was literally laying there saying, God, if you would just kill me right now, that would be great. I mean, I just wanted to end it all. Because why? Because something had become dislocated in my body. You know, here in the, the passage before us, Paul is, is writing to these believers and he's telling them, listen, each of you are part of this body. And, and he co- points out and he says, listen, so, some of you, listen, you're, you're the foot and you're saying, you know, he, he gives these attributes and he says, listen, the foot, if the foot could talk, right? You know, you ever think about that? Uh, here Paul does. He says, listen, if the foot could talk, here, you know, here's what it would say. It would say, listen, uh, because I'm not part of the, not the hand, I'm not part of the body. I mean, he's asking a rhetorical question here. He said, is it, is it therefore not of the body? And then he goes to the eye. He says, listen, if the eye says, listen, I'm not the, or the, the, the ear, he says, listen, the ear says, I, I'm not of the, the, the eye, so, so therefore I'm not part of the, the body. He says, if it, is, it, is it not of the body? Well, it's a rhetorical question, obviously. And everybody that would have read this would have looked and said, well, I mean, come on, Paul. That's foolish. I mean, of course it's part of the body. Of course, it's, I mean, of course, I mean, just because the foot says it's not the hand doesn't mean it's not part of the body. Yes, it's part of the body. Of course, the ear says it's not, not the eye, it's not part of the body. Of course, it's, it's still part of the body. But after the initial maybe laughter may have subsided, the seriousness of what Paul says comes through. He says, you're saying that because you aren't doing what someone else is doing, you just aren't going to do anything. You're just going to quit. But listen, the foot doesn't just disappear whenever it says it's not going to be part of the body. The ear doesn't just leave. No, that's not what happened. It just doesn't fulfill the role that it has been given. The purpose that it was intended for. When a member becomes disconnected, dislocated, it hurts the rest of the body. Demas was a faithful a follower and a faithful co-laborer with with Paul. In fact, uh, Demas' name is mentioned multiple times in the scriptures. We only really ever refer to it in one place, but but it's actually mentioned in other locations. Paul said in Philemon, uh, verse number 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, and he calls them this. He says, my fellow laborers. In Colossians chapter 4, verse number 14, he says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Listen, Demas was a, was a fellow laborer with Paul. He, he, was, he was, it was just like it was Paul and Silas and, and Paul and Barnabas. Listen, at one point or another, it was Paul and Demas. They were out there on the trail. They were leading people to Christ. They were planning churches. They were training new believers for, for the Lord. They were out there winning the world to Christ. It was Paul and Demas. He labored right there alongside Paul. But somewhere along the way, Demas stopped filling the role that God had given to him. Somewhere along the way, Demas got disconnected. And you can hear the heartbreak in Paul's voice. As he had reached the end of his life and as he pens those final words that he wrote in 2 Timothy. In verse number 10 of chapter number 4, he says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed into Thessalonica. When you, as a member of the body of Christ, become disconnected, it hurts. When someone that was once 
faithfully serving in a, in a way in the church. And, and, and they, be just, they, they take a step back and just become a casual follower. When someone walks out the door of the church for the last time and doesn't come back, it hurts. I can tell you, I, I've had the, the blessing of being here at, at Whitehall Baptist Church for, for 11 years now. Three years as pastor and, and uh, eight years as, as an assistant. And in that period of time, there have been a lot of people that have, that have come through the doors of that church. In fact, if, if, if we would just have one Sunday, I, this is just, if we just had one Sunday where everybody would just, you know, just show up, okay? Listen, I mean, we would not have enough seats to be able to contain everybody in this building. I mean, it would be unbelievable. I mean, it'd be an incredible day at Whitehall Baptist Church. It would be amazing. But what happened? Somewhere down the road, somewhere on that, that path of 11 years, certainly over the path of 23 years, there were people that sat in the seats where you sit that got up for the last time and walked out the doors of that church, this church, and never came back again. Some of them aren't going to church anywhere today. And can I tell you this? It hurts. You say, Kyle, are you, are you sharing your feelings with us this morning? Well, a little bit, but listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not so concerned with, with my feelings. What I am concerned with is it hurts the name of Christ. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 20, Now then, ye are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. He says there, listen, you are an ambassador for Christ. See, friend... If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you're an ambassador for Him. A representative for Christ. Whether you knew that you signed on that dotted line or not, you are. And as an ambassador, you are a representative of the one that you represent. And here's the thing. There are some that have been in the church that have left, that listen, friend, when they left, they didn't stop being an ambassador. They just stopped being a good one. Now, here's the thing. It's possible for us to be in the church, right? In the body, on a regular Sunday, and still not be a good ambassador. There are, there are people, maybe, I mean, even in this church, I'm sure, that, that say, well, I mean, if I, if, I mean, Isaac lets those people stand up here and, and sing, and, and he's never asked me to do it, and so if he's not going to let me do it, then I'm not going to just do anything. There are some that say, well, listen, you know, I'd be willing to serve in this way, but I have no, no, I'm not doing this over here. What are we doing? Listen, if I can't be the foot, if I can't be the hand, then listen, I'm just, I'm just not part of the body. If I can't be the eye, then I'm just, I'm just not going to be part of the body. Here's the thing. You're still part of the body. It doesn't work like that. There, there's no de decapitations with Christ. Okay, He doesn't just cut you off like that. But what does happen is there's a hole that's left in the ambassador that we're supposed to be. We just become a bad ambassador. Friend, this morning, can I encourage you, don't become a disconnected member. 
Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've been struggling and and maybe you've been thinking to yourself, maybe I'll just take a a step back and and I just don't think I'm going to be involved. Maybe you've been thinking about becoming disconnected, dislocated when it comes to the body of Christ. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't do it. Hey, plug in. Plug in, get more plugged in, get more involved, get back on track, plug into Sunday school, plug into Bible study, uh, plug in to the church somewhere where you can serve and you can be involved. Friend, don't become a disconnected member. That's what Paul said, first of all. He said, listen, the body of Christ, he said, here's what's the truth is. He said, in everybody, there's some Christians, there's some believers that are just disconnected. Say, well, if I can't do that, then I'm just not going to do anything. And Paul says, no, listen, you're still a part of the body. You're just not filling the role that God has given to you. Don't forget, friend, God puts you in the body for a purpose. Are you fulfilling the purpose God put you here for? We see, first of all, that, that Paul points to the disconnected member. But then we see, secondly, that he points to the importance of every member. The importance of every member. Look at verse number 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness for our comely parts have no need. And, uh, but, but God had tempered the body together having given much, a more abundant honor to that part which I lacked. I, I've had the opportunity, like I said, to live here in Montana for 11 years. All right, Coming up on, on our 11th anniversary, Trash and I being married in, in 11 years in Montana, I've had the opportunity to be a part of a few uh, brandings. Okay? And if you live in Montana for any length of time, it seems like you probably get drugged into one of these things. Okay, But to, no, anyway, it's, it's, it's a good time. It's fun. But here's what I've learned. And when there's a branding, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of positions that you have to fulfill. Okay, there's a lot of places. There are people that walk around with the needles. Okay, they give the shots. All right, they're, 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 and they're, I, I think they have the most dangerous job of all. Every branding that I've been a part of, somebody has stabbed themselves with one of those needles. Okay, uh, Tressa's uh, stepmom, she is like superwoman by all of the cattle injections that she has put in her hand. Okay, I mean, that, so you, you've got you got that person. You've got the person that walks around with the hot iron. Listen, they're important too because if they wave that thing in the wrong place, listen, somebody's getting branded. Okay, that's not a good thing. You have the people that. Listen, that pull the cows out whenever they rope them on the horses. Man, I wish I could be that person. I think they've got the easiest job. But I don't know how to ride a horse, so that doesn't work out. And so, but listen, I'm usually the one that's jumping on the calf, the, the calf right? You know, and when they get a little bit bigger, it's quite the, it's quite the process, okay? And, and I know this, usually you have one person in the back, one person in the front. And each one has a very, very important job, all right? The person in the front's holding the front end of that calf down. The person in the back is stretching out that calf, and they are holding on for dear life. Why? Because if they let go of that leg, they're going to lose a friend up in the front. (laughs) Because that calf is going to kick that leg forward and it's going to hit the person right in the jaw and probably knock them out. (laughs) And and, and then, I mean, families are split and are broken because of of brandings. I'm convinced of it, okay? And, And so I've learned this. Listen, every position is important. Every place. 
Uh, if one person isn't in their place, listen, I, I've been a part of brainings where I've been sitting there holding a calf's leg for what seemed like an eternity because somebody wouldn't come over and give them one little shot, okay? Listen, it's important. Every single position is important. I, I played football in high school, and I know this in football, not everybody's the quarterback. Not everybody's the lineman. Hey, <laughs> I, was no, I would not have been a lineman, okay? Listen, uh, the, the, you, you've got all these different positions. You've got quarterbacks. You've got running backs. You've got wide receivers. You've got the linemen. And then you've got the defense, all right? I mean, you've got all the, the people. You've got linebackers. And, and, and you've got the cornerbacks. You've got all these different Not everybody plays the same position. But I know this. If somebody decides to take a play off, it can hurt the entire team. I mean, if, 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 if the quarterback is standing there, he, uh, the best friend of the quarterback are the linemen that are protecting him. Okay, listen, the quarterback doesn't say mean things to the linemen. Why? Because if he does, that next game, he's getting squashed. All right, I mean, that's just the end of it. He's getting broken like a twig. And, and, so, and so what? Every person has to fulfill their position so that the job can get done. And listen, just because all the praise and the accolade goes to the quarterback or to the receiver doesn't mean that the lineman is less important. Just because it's the linebacker that makes the tackle doesn't mean that the defensive line isn't any less important. No, everybody has a very important position, even though some may receive more praise than others. Here in the Bible, the Bible tells us, Paul points and he says, listen, every member of the body is important. The eye, the eye's job isn't more important than the hand. They both have a specific job, a specific role that they are supposed to fulfill. Verse number 22 is an interesting verse. He says this, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Now, uh, as he says this, he's not necessarily saying, okay, the old congregation in the church. Okay, that's not what he's, when he said. he's not talking about Jerry here, okay? Uh, poor Jerry, no. Uh, he's not talking about the feeble, the feeble. In the, I had, we had a teacher in Bible college, and oftentimes he would, he would remind everyone, comfort the feeble-minded. Okay, it's a Bible command. Uh, listen, that, that's not what it's talking about here. When he talks about the feeble here, what he's referring to is the inward parts of the body. The more delicate pieces, right? Uh, he, he, whenever, whenever he's here, and, and, and in verse number 20, 23, he talks about the less honorable uh, parts of the body, okay? The uncomely parts. Listen, no, nobody, nobody looks at a spleen or, 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 or a lung and they say, well, that's a good-looking lung, you know? I mean, I guess maybe if you're a nurse or a doctor or something, maybe you'd say that. No, no, that's not what happened. Paul is contrasting the outward members of the body with the inward members of the body. The feeble members are, are the lungs, the kidney, the spleen, you know, the, the brain, yes, the heart. And what he says here is you don't realize it, but it's those members that you don't see that really make the body work. The members that receive less honor and are uncomely, that, that don't receive the praise, they're the ones that really bring it all together. In all the years that I played basketball, never once did I steal a pass from someone and somebody looked over and said, man, that's a great brain. No, they said nice hands, right? I mean, come on. I mean, Jacob played basketball. I mean, nobody, when you played basketball at West Coast or in high school, I mean, Jacob, nobody looked at you and said, man, look, look at those, look at, look at the, 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 those lungs pump. They didn't say it, right? I mean, I mean, George, you, you run track. I mean, come on. And you're out there running. Nobody looks over there and says, man, look at that heart pump. 
Now, somebody might look and say, man, look at those legs run. I played basketball with George a few times, and I'm sitting there going, man, he is wearing me out as I sit here and watch him run. I mean, it's just, it is what, when you have kids, you sit on the couch and you think, man, I wish I had the energy that they have to be able to go and go and go and go and go. But listen, we never look at him and say, man, look at the lungs on that guy. I mean, you know, and you, you, you don't, we don't say that. Why? We, it's always the outward things that we give the praise to, right? I'm thankful that at Wyoming Baptist Church, there are some here, let's be, let's be honest, you're, you're not the hands. Some of you aren't the eyes. Thankfully, you're not the foot. But there's some here that are the, the lungs. Some that are the heart. Well, I'm thankful for people in our church that have given breath to this pastor. That have come alongside whenever maybe I've been going through a time of discouragement or, or, or a time that, that maybe nobody even knew about. But I was, I was going through, through a difficult time and somebody came alongside and said, hey, listen, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I just want you to know that I'm behind you. I mean, the, 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 a note or something. I, listen, they were the lungs that held to keep going. People in this church that just, I mean, they're just the heart, the heartbeat. And nobody looks at them and says, whoo. But they just, they just got it. And they've got a heart for the Lord. A heart and a passion to, to serve God. And while they, they don't get the praise, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to have hearts to serve over in the nursery. I'm just telling you. Listen, I clearly don't have heart because that would be a, star, a hard place for me to serve. Listen, dirty diapers. When we got married... I told Tress, I said, listen, dirty diapers ain't doing them, okay? I'm just not doing them. <clears throat> and within, I don't know, two hours of Jace being born, I was changing my first dirty diaper, okay? It's just the way that it, that it works. But, but listen, I, I mean, I just, I just don't have any desire. I mean, come on. I mean, nobody wants to act. Nobody actually wants to change dirty diapers in the nursery. But I'm thankful for the ones that do. I'm thankful for the teachers that teach our kids, I'm thankful for the ones that take care of the, the lawn and, and spray the weeds. I'm thankful for, for last week, the ones that, that just stuck around and helped to, to work on parts of the building. And, and you don't know it, but I do. Listen, there was a hole in the wall over there, a little hole about the size of a nail, right over there that somebody came through and filled last week. Praise the Lord. I mean, it was a thorn in the flesh for me. I'm just so thankful for it. Listen, nobody knows about it. Nobody's standing up and giving them praise today. But I'm thankful that we've got members in the church, members of the body. That step in and listen, they may not be the, the, the most comely uh, to, 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 to look at what they're doing. They may not be the ones that receive all the glory and all the accolades and all the praise. But I'm thankful for the ones that serve behind the scenes. In the Bible, Paul, Paul here points and says, listen, they're far more important <laughs> than the ones that stand up in front of the platform. Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> you remember the guy in the Bible by the name of Joseph? Remember him? Joseph? He's familiar. I mean, like everybody here knows who Joseph is. No? That's weird. He, he's throughout the book of Acts. Okay? We'll narrow it down a little bit for you, okay? In fact, we've already talked about him in the message today. You're sitting here scratching your head going, Joseph? Joseph? Who's Joseph? Well, maybe the reason you don't know who Joseph is is because he actually went by a nickname. They, they gave him a nickname. His nickname 
was Barnabas. Oh, Barnabas. Oh, if you'd have said that, I would have known that. But listen, that wasn't his real name. His real name was Joseph. They just called him Barnabas. I think they probably, they probably called him Barnabas. They probably called him Barney, okay? Because there wasn't a big purple dinosaur, so it was more manly back then, all right? But, but listen, they, I, think, I think that's what they call him. And, and, and listen, they called him Barnabas. Why? Because the Bible says in Acts 4, 36, it says, and Joseph, who the apostles surname, they nicknamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Barnabas, you know what his name meant? The encourager. The encourager. You realize, if you read the book of Acts, we really don't have that many actions that Barnabas takes. There's only a few. There's not a lot that he does. There's not like a chapter that's set apart like Stephen, right? The first martyr, the, the whole chapter that's set apart where Stephen stands up and boldly preaches the gospel there. And, and then he's stoned to death and he looks up steadfastly to heaven. Oh, oh Lord, lay not the sin of their charge. I mean, like, wow, look at Stephen. We don't have that with Barnabas. We, we don't, we, I mean, you, you got Philip and, and there is he witnesses to that Ethiopian eunuch there on the desert and, and, and they takes him down in the water and baptize him and God takes him away. I mean, like, wow, you look at, you look at an old Philip. I mean, that's cool. Philip the evangelist, that's, that's cool. You don't got that with Barnabas. You just find a few places here and there where Barnabas is sprinkled. And eventually you get about halfway through Acts and, and, and Barnabas and Paul have a, have a, a dissension between each other. Why? Because John Mark, the old teenager, emotions, you know. And uh, I mean, there he is somewhere along the way and things got difficult and John Mark left. Barnabas came to Paul and said, Paul, I think we should go back and I think we should get, I think we should get, get him and, and I think we should bring him back. I think we, we should go back and we should, we should get Barnabas, or we should get John Mark, we should bring him back with us. And Paul says, I ain't going back and getting that guy. No way. He left when we needed him. He left and he said, listen, I don't want anything to do with old John Mark. You can just leave him where, where he's at. And Barnabas said, listen, why? I can't, I can't do it. And so Barnabas went and he got John Mark. And we don't hear anything else about Barnabas. You know what's interesting? We find out John Mark eventually became kind of a disciple of Peter. And as we mentioned, he wrote a book called the book of Mark from the perspective of Peter. And God used him in a powerful way. But you know, we never would have known. We never would have had any idea about John Mark. I dare say that we may not have even had the gospel of Mark if old Barnabas hadn't come alongside and encouraged him. Friend, I'm thankful for the people in our church that are the less comely parts. But they're the heart and the soul. You may never stand and preach of, in front of thousands of people. I may never stand and preach in front of thousands of people. We may never stand before a, 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 an ovation of a crowd that gives us a standing ovation. But we can choose to be a member of this body that plugs in where God has gifted you and makes a lasting difference for the cause of Christ. If you're part of this church, listen, friend, you're important. Don't be disconnected. And Paul finishes up with this. He says, listen, I want to talk about the care of each member. Look at verse number 25. That there should be no schism. There should be any division in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. 
where one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Paul says there shouldn't be any schism in the body. It means there shouldn't be division. Pieces of the body going different directions. That, that doesn't work like that. Your, your body shouldn't, shouldn't work like that. Your body should be going the same direction. No, we, we shouldn't be competing one with the other. We should be caring one for the other. When one member suffers, we should all suffer with them. When, when one member is honored and rejoicing, we should all rejoice with them. We shouldn't be looking for offense. We should be encouraging and loving one another. In the beginning of chapter number 12, we, we didn't read the verses, but the Bible discusses spiritual gifts. And, and, and we'll talk about them another time, but as it goes through and it mentions different spiritual gifts, it talks about how each person has spiritual gifts. And, 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 and some of the spiritual gifts that are mentioned, some of them are, are just not in existence today. They, they had a purpose that they were used for. Mark, uh, the end of Mark chapter 16 talks about that, that they were used as a sign uh, to those that didn't believe so that, that whenever somebody stood up, so when Paul stood up and he preached and he said, thus saith the Lord, everybody didn't look and say, this guy's a nut job. He believes that somebody died, rose from the grave, and then flew up into the sky. And then Paul would say, no, listen, listen, I, I, I got to prove how. And, and then he, he, he'd heal somebody. Oh, well, his message must be true. So you have these, these different gifts that are used there. And, and some of them aren't in existence today. Some of them are, but they've changed. Every one of them that's mentioned there has changed in the way that they're applied, to, applied today. But, it, but he goes through this. And, and as he reaches the end of the chapter, he comes to chapter number 13. This is a novel thought. Chapter number 12, and then you immediately after, you have chapter number 13. But here's what we do oftentimes. We take chapter number 13, and we pull it out, and we talk about it separately from chapter number 12 and chapter number 14. It's kind of funny. Chapter number 12, chapter number 14, they, they tie together. And, and we pull out chapter number 13, and we say, well, that doesn't belong there. And we, we go and we put it somewhere else. But listen, it fits right where it's supposed to. In fact, chapter number 13 uh, oftentimes is, is mentioned when it comes to getting married or, or the relationship to a husband and a wife. And, you know, I remember whenever Tressa and I were, were dating and we were thinking about getting married, we said, oh, let's, let's read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 so we can know what love means. You know, and, and you sit there and you study the different words and, and, and know what they mean and things like that. And listen, that's not wrong to do, but that's not the actual interpretation or the application of that passage. Sorry. <laughs> Chapter number 13 is in regards to the church and the relationship of the body. You know what it says? After he goes through and says, listen, everybody's got special gifts. You've got this gift and you've got this gift and you've got this gift and some have multiple gifts and, and, and you're all supposed to use these for, for, the God, for the body and all of them are important. He says, listen, I want you to care for one another though. And then he takes an entire chapter and he dedicates it to this matter. In verse number one, he says this, though I speak with the Tongues of men and of angels. And have not charity. I have become a sounding brass and a, or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have not charity. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned. And have not charity profiteth me nothing. You know what he just did there? He took all those gifts that everybody was competing for. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be this person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this gift. Oh no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have this gift over here. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Oh yeah, I'll be the one that's recognized uh, whenever I prophesy. That's the one that that I what Paul looks and he says, listen, if you have that but you're missing charity, he says it doesn't matter. Ouch. Sometimes the things that we think are most important, God says, really, they're not as important as you think they are. Verse number four. He goes in and he begins to talk about what charity, what love actually is. What's interesting, he spends more time talking about what it isn't than what it is. Charity, it suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Listen, charity never faileth, he says. One of the amazing things as we sit and we spend all this time talking about the gifting and, and, and being involved in the church. And listen, we should be plugged in in the church. There's no question about it. The Bible is very clear. Listen, you can't say that you're not part of the body when you are part of the body. You're just not filling the role that God has put you here for. But more importantly than any of that, you know what he says? You need to learn how to love each other. In fact, he, he designates an entire chapter saying, listen, this is what it means to love one another. This is what love is. Friend, let me ask you this morning. How are you doing with loving the body? We preached last week about it, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. But listen, how are you doing with loving the body? Paul says it doesn't matter if you're standing before the crowd and serving a thousand ministries. If you don't love the church that Jesus gave himself for, it will profit you nothing. Do you love this body of believers? Maybe we're here this morning saying, well, how can I love them? I don't even know their names. That's what we're talking about, okay? Listen. We should love each other. And a good place, a great place to start to learn someone's name. And then to care about them. To love one another. We need to learn how to love according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. In Romans chapter number 12, verse number 15, he says, Rejoice with them that, re- that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. There in, in our passage, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to care for one another. That we're supposed to love one another. That, that we're supposed to honor those that are are honored and, and, and rejoice with them that rejoice. We're supposed to weep with them that weep. We're supposed to mourn with them that mourn. That's what we're supposed to do. Friend, if, if White Hope Baptist Church grows to have ministries galore in every age group and runs a crowd of a thousand because we put on a good show, but we don't learn to love people, we've missed it. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. <laughs> there are some people that are... that. That, let, let's just be honest. We, we, we mentioned it. We said, that, uh, listen, oftentimes the church is full of the most, just the most rude people that there are. <laughs> it's just the truth. I mean, it just is what it is. 
You, you don't believe me? I mean, go out to eat with somebody and sit down and let the waiter get their order wrong. I mean, I'm just telling you. It gets, it gets mean real quick. I mean, like, you bring me. Listen, i got to warn you guys, okay? Listen, if you order tea out here, make sure you specify that it is sweet, okay? Because if you order tea, it ain't coming sweet. And, and, and the flesh starts to come out, okay? Just the way that it is. I mean, it's just, I didn't even know there was other types of tea, all right? I mean, I thought it was sweet or muddy water. I mean, I didn't know there was a difference, okay? Uh, this is important. We don't love each other. Some of the meanest people are, are people in the church. And here's, here's, here's the excuse. And listen, I've used it myself, so I'm not picking any, on anybody. But I've said this myself. Well, it's just the way that I am. Now listen. I, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings this morning. I don't want to step on your toes, okay? I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. But I, I, the Lord convicted me of this a couple years ago. And he said this. Kyle, he said, you're not being friendly. And I'm not wanting you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to be like Christ. How many understand that Christ, he wasn't rude? Like Christ was friendly? I mean, like you understand that, right? Like people were drawn to him. And some of us just repel other people. Why? Because it's like, oh man, not that person. Listen, I've heard it said that, that every person lightens a room, right? Some lighten it when they come in, some lighten it when they go out, right? I mean, it's just, that's the way that it is. Listen, if you're, if you're using the excuse, well, that's just the way that I am, can I tell you, stop being you and become more like Christ. That's why we should be growing. You, you know what loving the church is? You know the first thing that it says there? It's long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? It means to suffer long. I know, you're like, Kyle, did you go to Bible college to learn that? I did, okay? <laughs> but listen, now listen, it means to suffer long. That's what love does. You know what that means? It means when somebody offends me, I shouldn't just cast them off. We, we preached a message not too long ago that said, listen, I, okay, well, I'm done with them. No, 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 we should never, we shouldn't do that. That's not what the church should do. The church should say, I'm going to choose to love them. And loving someone is to suffer long, to be long-suffering. See, our capacity to grow as a church will never outpace our capacity to love as a church. The numbers may fluctuate, but the depth of our love, that will dictate everything. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. You know what that, what that means there? It means it makes the gospel look good. <laughs> Whether I come and see you or else be absent, Paul says, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I forget exactly how many times Paul's, I think it was like 27 times, you, maybe you'll sit there and count for the next minute, but how many times he talks about the body from verses 12 through the end of the chapter. I mean, it's over and over and over again, he mentions the body. And the Bible says that we're supposed to be in one spirit, one flesh, one direction, together for the gospel. See, 23 years ago, Whitehall Baptist Church was born. But I wonder today, are we still growing? Or have we made the decision, well, this is just the way that we are? Oh, friend, if we're becoming more and more like Christ, then just saying that it's just the way that we are doesn't work. 
No, we should be growing in our love for Christ, our love for one another. When somebody new comes in, we should be looking, man, oh, here's an opportunity to love on somebody. Here's an opportunity. Listen, when somebody leaves our church, I hope they know above all things. They may think, man, the pastor's nuts. I mean, the, the music, I hated it. I mean, the people there are funny looking, but I hope that they come to the end of it and they say, I don't know what it was, but there's some, the one thing I know about that church is, man, I felt loved when I went in there. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. They loved me. And here's the amazing thing. Whenever we show somebody that, they, that we love them, it makes it a whole lot easier to take the doctrine of this book and give it to them. But there are some people that are so turned off by the way the Christians behave, they would never let this book have an impact on their life. Are you looking for ways that you can plug into this body? Stop saying I'm not part of the body. No, no, become part of the body and plug in. Even if it's behind the scenes. You living up to that title as an ambassador for Christ. How can we say that we are the church, but we don't live like we are? This morning I have in my pocket. Anticipation's killing you, I know. A pen. All right, <laughs> it's just a letdown. But listen, I have, I have a pen in my pocket. You say, how do you know it's a pen, Kyle? Well... Because it is. Okay? I mean, it just, I mean, like, you know, you, you look at this. Now it's a fancy pen. Tressa got it for my birthday. It actually looks like a bullet. So some of you are confused. But no, it's not actually a bullet. It's a pen, okay? But I mean, this pen. Uh, you say, how do you know that it's a pen, Kyle? Well, um, I know that it's a pen because when I do this, there's a little thing that comes out, okay? And uh, whenever I, when I do that, then I can, I can write with it. In fact, I would say this it looks like a pen. It, it smells like a pen. I mean, it, you know, I don't know what a pen smells like, but I mean, like, it, it kind of smells like a pen. And, and uh, you know, it, it functions like a pen is supposed to function. In fact, in the back of the seats that are in front of you, if you took out one of those pens and, and you open it up and you click the little clicker on it, you would expect it to what? To function like a pen. Why? Because it looks like a pen. It smells like a pen. It acts like a pen. Everything about it says it is a pen, and then it should do the things that pens do. Listen, friend, it even fits in my pocket. Just like a pen should. It acts like a pen. We're the body of Christ. The church. But I asked this morning, how does the world know? Are we acting like the church? Do we look like the church? Do we smell like the church? Well, that's kind of different, but listen... We can say we are the church all day long. But I'm afraid of many times we're just bad ambassadors of what we should be. For 23 years, Whitehall Baptist Church has been a lighthouse in this community. I'm thankful for what it has accomplished. What God has done through the ministry of this church. But listen, friend, if we spend a lot of time looking back and say, man, the... Last 23 years have been amazing. The last three years have been incredible. But we don't look and say, but how can we grow and do more for Christ? How can we become more like Him? How can we plug in in a greater way? Listen, friend, the best days will be behind us. But my hope and my prayer is that we as a church will come together, 
say, listen, I'm not going to be one of those disconnected members that's, that's kind of on the fringe. No, no, no. I am going to plug in because every member is important. Even if it's behind the scenes and nobody else knows it, I'm going to plug in. I'm going to do those things that nobody else knows about. I'm just going to find those, those nooks and those crannies that I'm going to fit into. And, and, um, and I'm going to fill those gaps so that this church can function the way that it should so we can see more people come to know Christ as their Savior. You see, listen, I I am thankful. I am thankful for every little position of this church because because understand this. You say, Kyle, does everything really matter? Yes, everything really matters, okay? Listen, you look at the the TVs up here this morning and, and you see the things that get put on the screens up here during the surface and you, and, and, and you look and you say, well, I mean, like, does that really help somebody get saved? Yes. You want to know why? Because if somebody's in the back, we've got a couple people that work the media, and if they're back there and they're not staying on point and they're doing things that, that they shouldn't be doing during the service, and all of a sudden the game that they're watching back there, the football game or the basketball game, pops up on the screens, listen, that would be a major deterrent to somebody accepting Christ as their Savior. I mean, we put the verses up there. If you don't click to the next verse, people, they're not, they stop listening to the message and they start looking and saying, man, that, that guy's not paying attention back there. I mean, that's what happens. You say, Kyle, is it really that important? Is somebody going to say, yes. Yes, it is. You pulled up this morning. I'm thankful that the grass was mowing. Did you notice it? Probably not. But if the weeds were this high, you would have. It's important. And I'd encourage each person. Say, God, where can I fit in? Where do you want me to plug in in this way and that way? And, and I just, I don't like everything about it, but oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to choose instead of being judgmental. I'm going to choose instead to love. To be long-suffering and kind and do those things that 1 Corinthians 13 says. That should become the body of believers of Christ. Friend, I hope this morning that you can stand and you can say, We are the church. By God's grace, we're going to act like it. And if we will, oh, listen, the next 23 years will blow away the first 23. And we'll see God do amazing things for his glory. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, I know this was a different message specifically directed to the church. But friend, I hope this morning that your ears were open. And I hope that you allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. We're not going to ask a bunch of questions this morning, but maybe you're here this morning and and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Do you understand you can't be part of a living body if you are dead in your trespasses and sins? Friend, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, oh, the 23rd anniversary of Whitehall Baptist Church would be a great day to get saved. See, what do I have to do to get saved? What does that even mean? The Bible says that we're sinners, that our sin condemns us to go to hell. That's the wage, the payment. But Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid our payment for us. And we can receive the gift of eternal life. How do we do it, Kyle? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. To pray and say, Lord, I know that I am a sinner. And I can't get to heaven on my own. And I am putting my faith and trust in you and you alone. Say, Kyle, do I have to say those exact words? No, but you have to believe that in your heart. You have to tell the Lord that you're putting your trust in him, not yourself.
Oh, friend, it'll be a great day to become a part of the body of Christ. Maybe you're here this morning saying, you know what, I've been one of those dislocated, one of those, you know, just out of place members that, oh, I just haven't, I've been disconnected. Today, God spoke to my heart. I want to get plugged in. I want to be involved. Oh, you can do that. And we'll see God do amazing things for his glory. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, we're having a time of invitation now. Let's stand together as the music plays. Father, bless now this time. I pray that you move in our midst and in our hearts. And God will give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, as the music plays, the altar is open. Maybe you need to make your seat in the altar. Maybe you just want to make a commitment to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to plug in right away. He said, I haven't been as involved as what I should be. God spoke to my heart this morning. I don't know what God wants me to do. I have no idea. I just know that God wants me to get involved. God wants me to plug in. I don't want to just continue just going through the motions. No, no, no. I want to get involved. I want to be a part. I want to be a good ambassador for the Lord. Sing it from your heart to the Lord.